What's up, boss? Yeah. How you doing? Yeah. What's good in the hood? Just hold it down, trying to take care of business. Keep it up. Four spacers. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the seventeenth episode of. Aaron, Steve, you want to say it? You want to say it? The the floor spacers podcast. Yes. Um. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, today is a very special day because it is number 17. And um, I don't know why that's a very special number. I just made it, it up. It is because we have 17 – or the Lakers have 17 championships. Obviously, we – you know, I'm, I'm a Lakers fan. Honorary. Yeah. You know, the Celtics also have 17 championships. Yeah, but they haven't won in 13 years, so. They haven't, they haven't won mm. since uh, segregation was outlawed, so. <laughs> um, but but anyway. Huh? With Tom Heinsohn. Right, Pete Tommy Heinsohn. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, you know, just uh, you know, it's just uh, not very, you know, crazy, crazy, uh, you know, last couple of weeks. Um, you know, just some general housekeeping and uh, you know, just general discussion <laughs> for today. Um, it's kind of like the slower part of the season right now. We're just kind of waiting for the playoffs. Exactly. It's like, you know, you see teams start like to, you know, flip the switch. You, got, you get to start to get a little bit of an idea about who's serious and who's not, right? So, um, without further eh? like my name's Chom Holland. Um, I guess let's start with, I mean, I guess the talk of the week, I guess, which was the Sixers-Nets game. Um, now, I think that was pretty funny. <laughs> That's, um, you know, like, you know, all the Sixers fans came in and they were like, boo, send Bimmons. And uh, they booed him at the hotel. They booed him at the bus. They booed him at the tunnel. They booed him in the bathroom. You know what I mean? And um, they booed him on the pregame shoot around. And then they were, like, starting to cheer when he made a dunk. And everyone was like, oh, cool, man. He's so trash. And then they proceeded to get uh, absolutely trashed by uh, the Nets. And um, the one thing I really want to talk about uh, from that game is, uh, you know, how – uh, I guess easily, like Kevin Durant and Kyrie kind of just came together and were like, all right, we're taking care of business tonight. And they kind of just drowned out like all the, you know, the hostile crowd and all that. And they were like, all right, we're going to do this. And obviously we all, we all know how, what, you know, what they're capable of on offense, but um, on defense, you know, they really, really, uh, I guess, tightened up the, the ratchet straps and, uh, you know, kind of uh, spoiled the Sixers game plan. And um and I guess, you know, it's actually kind of cool as well, I think, uh, to see, you know, guys like Seth Curry come in and, and do his thing. Obviously, he's been having a really good, uh, I guess, tenure with the, you know, with the Nets so far. And I think Drummond, even though he had, like, three early fouls, like, I thought he's – I mean, he still has, like, an interior presence, so I thought that was pretty good for them. And I think um, – I mean, I think, honestly, bro, like, I still have Milwaukee coming out as the favorites for the East. But, uh, dude, I mean, I don't know, man. Brooklyn's Brooklyn's scary. Yeah, for sure. Their, for their defense looked really good in that game. Like, it was completely different than how it's looked the rest of the year. Um, a huge part to Kyrie, to be honest. Like, Kyrie did a really good job on Harden that whole game when, whenever he was uh, – whenever they were in the game together. Like, Harden would drive. Kyrie did a good job – did a really good job sticking him. And then there would always be, like, that second guy to come in and help off Harden, kind of trap him every time he'd drive in. And then, you know, he'd have to pass out. Nobody on the Sixers' offense is really moving around or anything like that, so – the offense was pretty stagnant for a lot of that first quarter besides like the Embiid and Harden foul baiting that was going on the whole game because they couldn't really get anything else going. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, that whole, that was probably like the most like 
like playoff intensity game. Like, dude, I like just like we've been looking forward to that, especially since the trade happened for so long. And then like I I definitely could tell like the intensity there was really insane. Like, cause there was like all the all the talk about the police level. That was nothing they were showing out all the beginning. Oh, dude, yeah. Like, I, I didn't expect anything less. But, like, and then they, like, all the random chant, like, they just started randomly. And I remember when Embiid and Durant got into a, that, sh- uh, like, mix-up, the the crowd was, like, just said, they just started the chant again on Ben Simmons. It was so random. It was, like, yeah, dude, like that, that, like, was, that, that was really was, the only positive that they had out of their whole experience going to that game, which is unfortunate. Yeah, dude. Yeah, spend like 4K just to be like where the seats we were at last game. There was like probably like two thousand dollars. It's insane. But like the game itself, like like the intensity, like you could tell that Duran and the Nets like really, really wanted it compared to Philly. Like I don't think they were ready and they were ready for that to, you know, like to come. They were expecting a big game, but like I don't think they they obviously didn't match their intensity. And the game plan that the uh, the Brooklyn had was really good. As long as, like, them making shots, they're, like, on fire most of the game. So, like, if we uh, if we get that series, I'm gonna, which I'm going to ask, would you be – I'm sure it's, this is kind of easy answer. Would you be concerned if you got them in the first round? For sure. Compared to – who else is, like, in the mix for the – I think the Hawks, the Hawks are in the Toronto, playoff. Seventh yeah. Round. Yeah. Well, well, a better question is what do you think would be the outcome? Do you think you, do you think Philly would make it out or do you think it would be like a long series or would Brooklyn take it? If that was to be I mean, the first round series. I mean, this might be and a cop out answer. Healthy. I mean, it might be a cop out answer, but like it depends. Like we still don't know what Kyrie's situation is. With, with the home games, we don't know if he's going to be able to play in those. Uh, we still haven't seen Ben Simmons on the court. Like, as much as much as I think it's going to work with them, like, we still haven't seen it. And he's still, like – as they're, right now they're saying he's, like, going through back soreness and he's still trying to get conditioned to play because he hasn't played all season. We don't really know what we're going to see from him yet. We haven't seen him on the court yet. So – and they, they're running out of time to kind of get, you know, acclimated with their, their full roster. So, it's going to be interesting to see that series – if it does end up happening, but I still would, I would still rather, as a Sixers fan, I still rather play anybody else in the first round in that like bottom tier of the of the East than Brooklyn. Yeah, they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, so you know they're going to show up in the playoffs regardless if everybody else is off or not. Yeah, it's just like the situation. Oh yeah, you can yeah, go. yeah. Please stop talking about the Kings talking. <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, I mean, actually, no, I mean, I guess this is a good point. I mean, I was just, I was just gonna like double down on what Steve said. I mean, it's just like, does anyone move on play in the first round? You know what I mean? It's like, it's scary, but it's also true too. It's like the whole Kyrie situation. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, we got reports of them saying, oh yeah, we'll pay the fine, and then the, and then you know, then they looked at the mandate and they were like, oh, it's only for private citizens or whatever, and it's just like. You know, stuff like that. There's like a lot of unknown factors, I think, um, when it comes to this. And um, I mean, listen, like uh, Harden's one of my favorite players, so like I'm I'm praying that he figures it out. So, like at least the you know I guess the big game uh, choke moments. So I mean, I'm thinking, 
you know, if he's hopefully able to like watch film and kind of, you know, get better and kind of like, you know, be like, okay, this is how the Nets defense is going to play me. Um, this is how I, you know, should counter. Um, again, that's what great players do. So I feel like I, I trust him. I, I feel like to kind of do that. So um, I, I'm right. not, definitely not going to go like this every game. Obviously, it's not going to be able to a blowout. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think I think that'd be a crazy good uh, like you know storyline. Um, but I mean, I'm just saying though. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. But if the Cavs do fall to the plane, I mean, Breeze is going to get rid of the net, so it shouldn't even matter. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like interesting. With like the general consensus of the NBA, like their reactions to that game, I feel like half the people were saying like, you know, it's just one game. It doesn't matter. Like Harden's played really well in every other game so far. And then the other half of fans were more like, well, yeah, but this is like historically in big games in Harden's career, in the, especially in the playoffs, he tends to not show up and do a lot of these like, you know, hunting for fouls when he can't get going offensively. Uh just not he's not really looking for his teammates as often as he as he ha- normally has been but you know I, I i feel like i fall somewhere kind of kind of in the middle cuz it's like yeah that was kind of like the first big big like playoff vibe game that he's played with the sixers so far and to come out and play like that was pretty disappointing but you know it is just one game and you know i'm kind of glad that he got out of the way in the regular season rather than a playoff game so now we can you know adjust to that if that matchup were to come come about and it wasn't just Harden either. Like, Maxi was getting cooked that entire night. They had Thibel as the primary defender on Kyrie, but they were switching and hunting for Maxi. Maxi was jumping every time Kyrie would pump fake, and he was just getting cooked out there the whole night. And same goes for Tobias. Every screen, he would, wouldn't even try to fight through it, and KD would just get an open shot in the mid-range. They were just exploiting both those matchups the whole night, and it was not a good look. Yeah, no, that's true. And um, what's it called? Uh, I mean, just watching that game, uh, I'm just saying it, it doubles down on my uh, Kevin Love is better for this team uh, take, uh, but whatever. This is me. Um, What's but, the bench, too? Like, yeah. Philly's bench is... We got nothing like, out of our bench enough. that game. Yeah. Yang like, hit some threes, but that was about it. Yeah. yeah it's funny. Uh, so, Yang and Shake when I hit all of that against us, right? But uh, when it comes to the Nets, they just want to, you know, do quick city, I guess, but uh, whatever. Um, but, no, I mean, that was, that was still a fun game, though, regardless. Um, now, before we move on real quick, um, like, I want to talk about the game that actually came after um, that game, which was the Nuggets-Warriors. And um, that was a game in which the Nuggets actually lost, unfortunately, ratio. But at the same time, I can't really blame them because I think they played as uh, back-to-back uh, in Sacramento. It was. Right. And, like, the night before. Um, and I was actually watching that game. And I remember putting it in the chat. I was like, uh, I was like, yo, Monte Morris and Jokic are, the, you know, the best clutch duo in the league. And, uh, I mean, they tried also in the, in, the, in the Warriors game as well, um, and they kind of fell short. But, um, dude, honestly, I was just thinking, sitting, like, sitting down and thinking about it. Like, again, I don't want to, like, go on too much of a tangent here because I know we have more topics to talk about. But um, I kind of want to talk about the Nuggets real quick because uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I haven't really watched a lot of them this year. Um, you know, I've, I've tried to watch. Uh, I think I watched, like, when the Lakers played them, I think. And then I know when the Cavs played them back in, like, November, I watched that. And then I watched, like, some games, like, here and there. But then that Kings game and then that Warriors game are the two, like, more recent games that I've watched. I've probably since, like, I said, like, January, I guess. But, um, you know, one thing I want to say, again, like, um, like just major props to, I guess, like, you know, like, the Nuggets, like, role players and supporting staff um, or supporting cast. And, like, I, I just love Monty Morris. I just feel like. Bro, he's just, like, looking kind of really slept on in terms of what he brings to the table. Um, 
you know, obviously on offense, he's making some big shots, um, you know, just like his floater, his look-off floater. Uh, I remember there was, like, there was like a one play, uh, he's like, he looked off Jokic and he had like a crazy nice like contested floater. And then on the other end, he comes he comes back and he's guarding like Jordan Poole. Um, and, he, and he's like doing a really good job of sticking him off the ball as well. And I was like, all right, that's pretty interesting. And uh, I think just having like a guy like him is like very, like, just very important for your team. And again, like, uh, like a hopefully assuming that again, like Jamal Murray can come back um, in the postseason and, you know, MPJ and just all of that. I just want to see like a healthy Nuggets team because, bro, you got like all these like, you know, supporting guys just, like playing really well. And you add those guys back into the mix. Like, bro, it's, it's going to be crazy. And um, what's it called? And, uh, another thing I want to talk about too real quick is I remember watching Aaron Gordon that game as well. And um, I remember there was like one stretch where he was kind of quarterback in the defense a little bit, which is kind of cool to watch. Uh, I remember it was like a play where I think um, I think Curry crossed the half court, I think, and then he picked up and then they ran an action to get him off of Curry. And then um, but then like that was more like a diversion type play. Right. Because I think like there was like a weak side cutter or whatever like that. And he was coming in and then it, it, I was watching Gordon the entire time and he kind of came in to kind of stop the drive, but he didn't fully commit. And um I remember the entire time I was watching him, like, obviously the camera zoomed out, but I, you, could, you could see him talking. And I think he was telling guys to move and all that. And honestly, I, again, like, I haven't watched Nuggets like that consistently to see if he does that, like, all game, every game. But just seeing, like, that moments like that, you know what I mean? I, I know his shot hasn't been, you know, falling recently. But I think um, just in general, just seeing stuff like that, again, like, from a guy like Aaron Gordon, I think you would never think, like, a, you know, he would be, like, a defensive quarterback. I'm not saying he is, but – I'm saying I saw a couple of plays where he was, you know, playing some really good team defense and kind of just talking in general. I just never really seen that from him before. Um, oh, yeah. I've, I've watched a lot of Nuggets games this year, and I've noticed that too a lot. Like, he's such a smart defensive player. Like, I feel like he's, like, not to the level – obviously not to the level of Draymond because Draymond's, like, if he were healthy the whole year, he'd probably be defensive player of the year. But, like, he does a lot of similar similar things that Draymond does in that end. Like, right. like you, what you were saying about him, like, telling guys where they need to be all the time, like, recognizing different cuts and different – uh different actions that the offense is doing. Like there's a lot of times where he's telling like 30, like what Jeff, Jeff Green was he like 35 now, I'd say yeah, around there. Yeah. He's like, he's like telling Jeff Green where to be on defense. I'm like, wow. It's like, like for a guy for, who's like 26, 27 to be like telling all these other vets where they need to be and everything. That's just like such a luxury to have on your team. Right. And also compliment Jokic on the offense as well with everything he does. It's just such an awesome piece to have. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, it's not even like, like him and like, and then like, you know, like bones and all of that, just, just like, just major props to like, again, like the nuggets, like oh, Boogie, Boogie has been playing really well. Yeah, Boogie, right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's oh, good. Yeah. Playing really great too. You just need all those like different pieces to compete for a championship. Like, you can't have like multiple people who are like, you know, like have the same skill set and stuff and like having those intangibles that you can't, you can't teach. And stuff like certain players have it, like you just don't like you could maybe develop it, but like having that like at a young age, I think it's only like 26. I checked. So like that's like a major plus if they can keep him around also. How old is Monty Morris? 26. Yeah, like dude, it's again just bro. I feel people should talk about him more. Like he's so nice, he's so tough. Like, bro, he just does everything right. And this is like for years, he was the best backup point guard in the league. And huh? like I deal, I said for years he was the best backup point guard in the league behind Murray. Oh yeah, no. I mean, and, like ideal. Ideally, you want him as a backup, but like he's so serviceable to have. Like it's such a luxury to have him with a guy like Murray out the whole year. Right. He's he's doing his thing as a starter, which is, I think is 
like, bro, he's he's helping Jokic out there. Like, it, like it's crazy, bro. That two man game is, is actually pretty lethal. Like, I, I like it a lot. But um, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, my fault. Yeah, what you I, I think if the season were to end today, I would probably have Jokic my MVP. Yeah, yeah, I guess I would agree. Well, um, the things that he's doing to keep that team afloat with like all the the hardships with the injuries and everything, it's just it's just incredible that they're still like they're six right now, but I think they're only like two games back of four. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. And um, again, like I said earlier, hopefully, bro, they get reinforced coming back uh, in the playoffs, bro. Because you know, I, I just want to see them make a push. Honestly, I like. You know what? I'm gonna say it right now. Like, I would like to see them in the finals. Like, obviously, I feel like LeBron's like still like you know LeBron and the Lakers. I guess like the number one thing. Like I was like obviously because you know it's my boy. But um. I mean, apart from if I had to choose, like, who I want to see, like, I would definitely say Denver for sure. I'm definitely going to root for them um, in the playoffs. But, um, I mean, yeah. they made the conference finals against the Lakers that year in 2020. I mean, I think it's definitely – if they're at, at yeah. full strength, I don't think it's, like, out of the question for them to go far. Yep. Right. Definitely not. Again, Jamal Murray. Yeah. See, it depends on so – it just depends on how they come back, if they come back and how they play. They play themselves. But I think they said today that Jamal Murray is like 50-50 to come back this season or something like that. As there, was a, there was a video of him during shoot-arounds or like something like against the Warriors and like he was just like playing around, shooting around. Like he didn't look like – I mean, he obviously he's not – that doesn't mean he's game ready, but it's still a good right. sign. Right, right, right. Um, I'm looking at the MVP race, the ladder, and it says Jokic is one. And then Embiid is tied second with Giannis. There's no like lead over him. Yeah, I don't hate that ranking. I think I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, all right, but yeah, I guess moving on real quick. Um, I mean, you know, speaking of greatness, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else you can say to kind of describe this man. Otherwise, I mean, other than the fact that he might be extraterrestrial. Uh, but dude, I mean, LeBron, second, uh, you know, fifty. Plus uh, scoring game. Well, I guess it was 50. It was just straight up 50, right? Around 50? It was 50. Yeah, yeah. he finished with 50. Just straight up, right? Yeah, so, I mean, he dropped 56 last Saturday against Golden State, and now he just dropped 50, uh, you know, last night uh, against Washington. And I'm like, bro, it's like within the same week. Like, bro, when you consider the fact that he's 37, you know what I mean? 19th season. 19th season. Leading the league in scoring right now. He just took over Embiid last night. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And, bro, just seeing, bro, like, obviously, I, I get it. Like, obviously, he's not – like, they're not in the, in the playoffs right now. They're still in play-in in play in range. You know what I mean? But, um, look, the one thing I will say, because I've, I've seen on Twitter recently, there's a lot of discourse saying, oh, he's just stat-padding, blah, 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 all this, right? But the thing is, like, the two 50-point games, they, they've won, right? That's the only the- games they did win post-All-Star break. Exactly. So he had to drop 50. He had to drop 50 points. Like, bro, like that, first of all, it just shows you like, 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 I guess like the scope of, of what he's going to do on a nightly basis to try to win. And um, I mean, it's, as crazy as it is, I guess it's also like low key sad here and there. But again, like I will say props to, you know, the guys for stepping up yesterday, like Malik. I know he had like 21. Um, I don't even know who else. I mean, I think Russ, I mean, his assist turn of ratio is pretty good. I think he didn't score much. I think he had like well, like five points or something like that. It was um, pretty bad. Yeah, it was pretty I think bad. He was like game. three for fifteen, I think. Shooting. Yeah, but at least I guess he was like facilitating and you know pretty like one of the offense pretty well. But I mean, apart from that, you know, I think like again, it's just just sitting here, bro. Like I think we're definitely like blessed to kind of see this 
Um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, obviously, like, you know, our, uh, you know, the 30, 40 year old, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, the IND founders, no, but, I'm a big kid. but, uh, no, but you know, it's like the old heads, like they, they had, uh, you know, Jordan, you know, in the nineties and then like, um, yeah. you know, we weren't like, I guess like old enough to kind of like, you know, take in what Kobe was doing. Um, at least, you know, not in like the mid two thousands or whatever, but, um, you know, and, and like, you know, then you talk about like how the older, older heads had like, you know, guys like, um, I don't know, Kareem, Magic, and then like the old, older heads had like Will, and you know, I was just, just seeing like, just seeing the fact that like this man is 37 and he's like, he still has a couple more, bro, it's like people were saying before, like, you know, when he was dropping like, uh, like 25, 26, you know, people were like, oh, that's the max he could do at this age, like that's all he could do, um, you know, he can't do anything more than this, but now he's actually dropping 50 um and, and beating teams i think bro it's just it's just like crazy to see and um aaron i think it's even crazier that he's doing with our team the los angeles lakers bro yeah baby yeah but um i'm gonna i'm gonna look because like nothing to take away from like um and bead but like it's crazy how like lebron is like number one in scoring but like yeah if you see now like LeBron's like I don't know what this season like changed or anything but like they just stopped giving him calls I guess like yeah. he should have at least like 15 like 10 to 15 a game and like he's getting just like whacked on the head and stuff but like since I guess like they're just like setting a, a different bar for him because he's like so strong that they just like like refs just don't they don't like take it into consideration anymore which is really annoying because he could definitely be averaging more. And, like, that costs us games, too. So, like, it's just incredible, bro. Like, like I can't believe, like, I'm not, like, I, I want to say, like, I'm surprised, but, like, I'm really, I can't be surprised. Like, 50 and, like, twice in a week, okay, that's, like, kind of surprising. It's pretty crazy. But, like, I definitely didn't think he would be, like, dropping off his, like, uh, you know, his production in any way this season, like people are saying because time is running out, which is true. But like, I think like, so the day he retires, he's still going to be like dominant. Like, uh, like it's just like those once in a generation people, like a Brady esque you just retire like crazy. You could play like, don't give me that. It's like, it's obviously the best like, comparison <laughs> because like he retired at the top of his game, like MVP level. It's like, it's going to be kind of sad to see LeBron retire knowing that, very well he could win MVP the next year he does so like that is one of the the only uh pluses of this season as like Lakers as a Lakers fan is just like having him it's a shame that's like kind of going to waste yeah. sort of say but uh, I mean you just it's just crazy bro just to watch and like the energy like he brings to the whole team it's like it's so the team is so dependent on him so like if he doesn't have that energy, then no one does. No one will – no one really show up like that. And it's, like, just to see that, it's, it's refreshing. It's not, like, not – rather than, you know, like, him – because there have been so many, like, people saying, oh, just sit him, season's over, like, might as well just not play him at all and all that. So, I mean, it's it – thankful, I'm thankful he's, he's giving this to us at least, showing, like, he has that energy still and, like, keeping haters quiet even though – People were saying, oh, it's, it's just the Wizards. But he just dropped 56 on the Warriors like week, a couple of days before, so it doesn't even make any sense. 
But yeah, it's it's one happy positive note. So unfortunate though, like not to be a downer here, but you know, I agree with everything you guys said, obviously, about LeBron and what he's doing at this age and everything. But I'm just saying it's so unfortunate that the Lakers need him to do that to win games at this point in the season. Like since the all-star break, I think those two 50 point games are the only two wins the Lakers have. Yeah. Yeah. That game against and the Rockets was brutal. This is supposed to be this is supposed to be AD's team, but he just can't. Well, the whole drop off from three point shooting percentage, that's one thing, and staying healthy is another thing. But this was supposed to be like he's supposed to take over now. Which no, like I don't I want to say too, right? Because I feel like, bro, if, if if AD didn't you know mess up his his leg again, you know what I mean? And if you if he was playing the way that he played when he got back, and like LeBron's doing what he's doing right now, obviously probably be dropping fifty, but he saw you know still dropping you know some really good numbers. Um, I think they probably be scratching the door of like the 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 seven six seed. I feel like in my in my opinion, that's how I feel. Like I, I think if AD, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, I, like I, I actually feel that way because I think, um, I, bro, I think like just the lack of like obviously yeah, the lack of consistency is weird, but you can see areas where like AD would help a lot. You know what I mean? Um, and I mean the same thing with LeBron too. Like I feel like yeah, there's still some obviously there's still some plays where he has to take you know some plays off. Um, you can see he's gassed obviously, and there's like some moments where he's you know calling for the ball and they don't pass him. I saw that that video. There's like that. Uh, I forgot what game. I think it was the Pelicans game, right? I think it was just like he was calling for the ball. They didn't pass to him, and then, and then uh, I think I think the Pelicans rebounded it, and then they got a steal, and then LeBron was out open. He was calling for it. They didn't pass to him, and then they bricked like a layup or something, and then went the other way. And you can see he looks so dejected. And then um, I'm just saying, like I think you add at least AD right now. I feel like they definitely be making a climb a little bit, like a little bit of traction. I think losing AD again just like kind of just ruined any sense of. Um, I guess momentum that they had going forward. And it's kind of sucks. Like it, it, it sucks seeing that, but uh, I mean, like, again, like the, at the end of the day, they're just still, they're still in that playing race. So, I mean, I'm hoping they could, you know, LeBron could, unfortunately, uh, you know, I guess, you know, do the most, but I mean, I still want to see, you know, what they can, I guess, try to do and see if they can buy some time to get AD back and all of that. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. It, it's 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 a very interesting season for the Lakers so far because, um, again, like after the season, like I mean, I mean, like how much do you trust AD? Like, what are you doing off season? Like, you know what I mean? It, it sucks, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about this too, like in this off season, because there's only this. There's there's gonna be another big shakeup again. First of all, like I don't think I don't I don't know Josh. at least. Yes, I don't know if Vogel will be back. Yeah. Uh, and like that's the thing. Like I'm so like 50-50 on him because like his rotations have been very questionable. Like the four guard rotation we had at one point, it was Russ, DJ Augustine, Kent Bazemore, and then like uh who was it? Like Avery Bradley at power forward, and then we had center. It was Carmelo at center. I, I forgot what team that was against. I think it was against New Orleans. I think, but dude, that was like. And then again, it's like we have one Gabriel on the bench. Like at least try to like you know like you could give him a shot at some point, which we have. But like his rotations is one thing, but then again, like the personnel like he's been given with, like I don't know how you could blame him too too much. Like I felt like he's lost the locker room a, a good number of times this season. It's like 
been shaky, but I don't know. Just looking in like in the for the future, I don't think he's gonna be back. Plus, like the whole roster is gonna be shaken up. But thinking of like the people who I'd want back, it's like obviously LeBron AD, and I think. I don't know what's going to happen to THT. If he's going to be traded or not. It's like how that market's going to go. But like for sure, people I want back, like obviously LeBron AD and like Austin Reeves. Definitely. I think we're signing him anyway. I think it's like, I think he has an, like another year at least. And Stanley Johnson and like maybe Malik Monk, if whatever goes on with them. Cause I saw that he definitely wants to play here again, but he's, I think he's definitely going to be offered more money. So we're going to see how that works. And then I, I wouldn't mind Carmelo coming back. It's just like, because I think he might take a vet minimum again. So like, I definitely think he's worth a, a vet minimum. So that's, uh, that's a great bargain to be honest. But other than that, I think that's like, I named like five or six people. Like there's going to definitely be a big change in the off season. Like I'm kind of like, I'm like really looking forward to it, but like at the same time, like I just, you know, the market's kind of like not the strongest, so we don't like take that into consideration. That's a great point, and um, yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, you know, Polinka really has to look in the mirror this year and, and be like, yo, like, you know, what can I do from here on out? Because I think you know, it's a great point too. Like, you know, Malik Monk, like, um, I feel like a lot of teams are going to line up and you know try to sign him, and. Um, I mean, I think I think he definitely likes being in LA, and I think you know he said numerous times that he thinks LeBron's the goat, and I think he loves playing with LeBron. Um, but yeah, I think they really got to do like a see what, what they can restructure. Um, and I think, I mean, I, obviously, I think Russ is going to opt in, obviously, but um, you know whether they keep Frank Vogel or not, I think someone's actually got to sit down, you know, and be like, "Yo, bro, like, um, ask him if he can come off the bench, you know, ask him if you know there's something else he could do." Um, if not, it might be like, it have to be like another John Wall situation where you just tell him to just chill at home, even though that's a lot of money, you know what I mean? But still like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it sucks, man. Cause it, like, bro, like I said earlier, like, you know, before the season started, like if, if you can make this work with Russell Westbrook and LeBron, like it would be crazy, but obviously you need the buy-in from Westbrook and Westbrook wasn't really known for like a buy-in type guy, but he has been known for making, you know, some like adjustments here and there. That's why I'm not like completely giving up on him. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It, like, depending on how the rest of the season goes, I mean, I'm not expecting some crazy, like, you know, push by them. Um, but I still think there's some things they could probably try to salvage. And, um, I, I think, again, I think AD coming back would definitely be a huge start. I think he just got to come back healthy, bro. And it's just not trying to do too much, honestly. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Well, regardless, there's going to be a lot of change. So, yeah, right. Doesn't, I don't know how it's going to, like, what's going to happen, but, that's confirmed it's going to be a lot. Yeah. Frank Vogel's job may be in jeopardy, but you know whose job isn't in jeopardy? Who? Who? Greg Popovich. Ooh, Just became oh, what a... the NBA's all-time leading. What if he gets leading, fired or something? <laughs> the NBA's all-time leading uh, for coaching wins in history with that win against the Jazz last night. And now I wasn't really watching that game at first because – I know, like, this, losing, it, was, think. it was a home game for the Spurs, and they were down by, like, 15 in the third or something like that. And I was like, oh, they're not going to get it done tonight. It's unfortunate. And then the start of the fourth quarter, I saw they started to make a comeback, so I so I put the game on. And, you know, it was just a really good defensive effort all around from everyone on their team. 
Um, I think they they started running like a smaller lineup that I kind of liked. It was Dejounte, Keldon at the four, uh, Stud Pirtle at the five, but then they had Lonnie Walker and Josh Richardson as well. So it was like a mix of offense and defense in there, and a lot of good shooting. And you know they made their comeback against the Jazz, who were were on a hot streak uh, a few weeks ago, but I think they've lost their last two now. But yeah, anyway. Uh, Greg Popovich, all-time leading uh, wins in coaching history now. And I thought it was really funny after the game. It had me smiling. It was like uh, they were trying to show Pop with the win. Uh, they had, like, all everything, like, all these uh, all this music playing in the arena. Everyone was standing ovation for him. And all the media was coming up to try to talk to him. And he was just trying to run away from the media. But then all of his players just kind of hounded him because they weren't trying to let him leave before they celebrated with him. They just started, like, everyone surrounded him and they were all just jumping around like all happy. And he was just like, get off. They were trying to leave. It was funny as hell. <laughs> nah, he's just, he's got to go home and uh, pray that J.U. Bickerstaff doesn't take him over. Um, but... So is he the, is he the GOAT coach, do you think? Or is there... oh, I've been saying that. I've been saying that. Yeah. I, I always thought, I always thought Greg Popovich was the GOAT coach. I thought he was better than Phil Jackson. I've been saying that. Um, yeah, I mean, he's always he's always had less than what all the other coaches have had. Right, exactly. That exactly that, yeah. that's a good reason. Honestly, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, he just he's always had this system that he's that he's trusted in, and he's had all these players that have always bought in. Like all the players that have played for him have had nothing but great things to say about him. Like he knows how to use everyone. He lets everyone play to their strengths, and you know everyone everyone on that team buys in, even though he's like a pretty tough coach and all, but. You know, after the game, Rudy Gay came up to him. He was only there for like what two or three years, but he was like he was super happy for for Popovich, and you know that that says something. Right, that speaks volumes, honestly. And I think um, and he has yeah. the respect of all these other players too who haven't played for him. Like you know, LeBron gave him a shout out on on Twitter. Uh, a bunch of other players were like showing their congratulations. But yeah, it's just you know such a such a great feat from the to to achieve, especially with this team yeah. this year. I mean, Aaron. Imagine if Popovich is on the the Lakers right now. They gotta they gotta yeah. do a Doc Rivers trade, like uh, like we like we covered in our uh, our episode in the uh, one of our first episodes where we covered uh, crazy trades. But uh, they should trade for Popovich by sending out uh, THT or something. Oh. I don't know if the Spurs will accept that. Imagine if they just like fired him or something like that. I wonder yeah. if this would be his last year. I don't think he's ever announced anything yet, but. Because I don't know. Because I don't know. Like he, he's I, not doing a USA anymore, right? Didn't Steve Carr take over? I think he's done with that. Yeah. No, I made. He's, he's getting up there in age, so I I don't know like how far how much longer he's going to be able or he's going to want to do this, especially like because like the Spurs aren't really like contending or anything right now. That's another factor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. How how long you know until the next uh, you know, I guess like superstar comes in or like a leap comes in. You know what I mean. And even then, like, probably won't be ready for the finals. So I mean, I mean, uh, you know, maybe he was trying to see like what he can do next year. You know, now that you know Deontay or Dejounte is like you know an all star now officially in the eyes of you know most NBA fans and all of that. And like, you know, maybe they can try to get some leverage here and there and sign some people. Maybe he could try to see, like, you know, what, what's the max he can go in the playoffs, you know, just for shits and giggles, but, you know, with, with his age right now. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you retired after this year. You know, it's kind of low-key fitting, too. It's the 75th anniversary, so it's like, you know, he left after 
you know, that. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's pretty cool, I think. Um, Do you think there's any coaches that can get anywhere close to the amount of wins that he's gotten in his career? Yeah, J.B. Blicky stuff. Uh, I thought I saw Doc Rivers is like tenth on the list, maybe or something like that, close. So maybe I think I don't know if Doc Rivers is that old either. I don't know he's how old he is. Terribly old, but I don't know. I mean, I mean, like because we also got to talk about how the Spurs were like he was coaching a dynasty. You know what I mean? From like yeah. essentially the late nineties yeah. till like 2014, 2015, and even still like what the Spurs were good up until like what 2018, 2019, 20, You know what I mean? So it was like. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I, I mean, it depends if, you know, Harden can get younger somehow, like, you know, Super Soldier Serum or something like that. And then uh, they can try to make a dynasty off of that. And then uh, maybe like a one-year rental of Colin Sexton where we get Embiid or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. But it's One-year rental. <laughs> but uh, I guess, yeah, like, moving on. Um, I guess uh, – you guys want to talk about Jason Tatum real quick? Uh, so the Celtics, you know, we – uh, I mean, we talked about it in the last podcast too. I think the episode before that, um, you know, they kind of, again, we, they flipped the script. Um, you know, they're kind of rediscovering themselves, even though again, like guys, you know, Jaws, guys like Jalen Brown have been out um, and all of that. But I think again, uh, overall, I think the team has kind of brought in um, and they, they kind of just, you sort of realize that, all right, let's take it, you know, serious. And they, uh, they unfortunately leapfrogged us um, in the standings and um you know, I guess they, they've been trending, you know, upward, um, you know, over the course of the uh, last couple of weeks. And the main propri- proprietor uh, of that success has definitely been Jason Tatum and, you know, just things he's been doing on the court. Um, so he's been averaging 37 and five uh, since January. And, um, you know, I think just he's just doing the normal Jason Tatum things. I think, you know, earlier in the year he's been he was really inconsistent. You know, he'd have games of like, you know, 30 or, you know, 35 and the next game he'd come back and probably drop like 25 on like like eight of 25 shooting or something like that you know what I mean so I think him finding his groove again has definitely been very important for them and for him in general for sure um and I think yeah he's propelled you know the Celtics to one, one and a half games back from the second seed so um definitely a huge huge comeback comeback for the the Celtics um you know again like I hate to see it as a you know as a Celtics hater but um, again, just major props for Jason Tatum because he's always been, you know, um, just flat out baller. You know what I mean? He's been doing his thing for a while now, and um, just again, just major props. And um, you know, once once Jalen Brown gets back, hopefully, you know, they'll, you know, hopefully he can come back and kind of you know regain his um, groove, and um, you know, it won't take too, take away too much from Tatum. And um, yeah, man, I think. Uh, I mean, whether the question or not, has he re- has he reached superstar criteria? Yeah, yeah, I would, so. I would say so. I mean, I don't think that's too much of a hot take. Um, but is he better than Jalen Brown? No, he's not. <laughs> that's a, that's a joke. <laughs> that, again, that was that was a viable. I feel like that's a viable argument you could have made earlier in the year. All right, I think Jalen Brown made a leap. If he was healthy right now, I think Loki would have been a little bit of a competition. But obviously, yeah, I think obviously, yeah, JT is obviously still better. Yeah, Tatum in the past for the past few months has definitely like you know kind of taken that. He's kind of taking this massive leap, and I think a huge uh, part of that is like you know kind of figuring out a much better offensive scheme as a whole as a team. Uh, that you know they're moving the ball a lot more than they were now. the The offense has become a lot less predictable with him and Brown just taking turns late in games. You know, the beginning of the season, the whole narrative was like. They have they have a big lead, 
And, you know, you, you never think it's safe because, you know, they break down in the fourth quarter, uh, both Tatum and Brown, they just kind of resort to ISO ball late in games and teams, you know, try to capitalize on that to make comebacks kind of like what we're talking about with the Knicks right now. But, um, but yeah, Tatum, I, I'd probably put him in that superstar range as well right now for sure. And I think he's only going to get better. He's, he's made huge strides as a playmaker. Uh, his defense is really good. He's like defending one through four uh, with, with no problem at all. I just really love what I've seen from him. I've been tuned into like almost every Celtics game recently. And Celtics and Pistons have played like three times in the last two weeks, and every single one has been close. It's been pretty crazy. Um, speaking uh, of the Pistons, I've been playing better recently too. I'm like, all right. Shout out to Kate as well. Yes, yeah, shout out yeah. to Kate. I remember when people were calling him a bust in the first month because he wasn't producing. No, like the Kate thing, obviously I knew he was going to settle, but then like, I mean, I don't want to, again, no, not a quick tangent, but uh, uh, Jalen Green, I'm just happy he's been balling out too because I think. Him too. I got I got so sick and tired of all the the bus comments on Twitter and all that. It doesn't make sense. Like yeah, it's like bro, just just shut up for one second. Just you know what I mean. Like he he is literally a rookie. You know what I mean. Like just let him. Like just like, I just like it's just every single time on Twitter, bro. Like I the amount of times I just wanted to respond and be like, yo, just shut up. Just do me a favor and just shut up, please. Just shut up. <laughs> like it, it, it's not even just for Jalen Green. It's for a bunch of players like now. Like. You know what I mean? I mean, Isaac Okor is one of them, but I'm just saying in general, bro, people just got to, like, pump their brakes, bro. Like, no one's going to take you seriously. You're not some sort of basketball savant for saying, oh, yeah, dude's a bust. You know what I mean? Just just please just shut up and just just at least just try to parse out, like, what the issue is and and try to focus on the good. You know what I mean? Like, bro, I think I think as being like, an NBA fan, I think that's, like, just one of the most, like, frustrating things is how quickly people are like, oh, he's a bust, he's terrible. Just seeing, just seeing stuff like that, is, it's just very annoying. I mean, it might be just more amplified because of, like, social media and all that now. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Whatever, I know it's a commentator, but, I mean, anyway, getting back to it, my fault. But, yeah, my fault, yeah. Yeah, like, it's – I like, I remember the beginning of the season, like, beginning of the season towards that, like, Boston was, you know, like, they weren't – they were, I think they were pretty far down the, the standings too and stuff like that. They were pretty, had a rocky start and everyone was like questioning them. But I just, it props to them. Like, like I, like Chrissy said, like I, it's pretty unfortunate because it's Boston and we are Celtics haters. But, uh, I'm not like just the fact that, uh, they, that's, that's your division rivals, dude. What are you, what are you talking it is about? my division rival, but I don't hate any team. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, see, I couldn't do that, bro. I, even like any sport, I don't know how you do that. Yeah, you I could do it. To be like, yeah, I don't like these guys, bro. I don't care how good they are. I would, I would like, I hate the Suns. Like, I can't. I could never. <laughs> like, they're good. Obviously, they're like really great. Like, I can, I can appreciate like they're they play like great, but like I don't know, bro. I could never. I can never support them. I don't care. Like, it's it's kind of sad that Chris Paul is on the like Suns. Like, obviously, want to like kind of want to see him win a ring, but like, no, I don't. If he's on the Suns, then uh. It's too bad. But uh, other than that, like the, on the Boston thing, like just like it's kind of like it's kind of really nice to see how like everyone like, you know, stayed stay on the ship and bought in. And uh, with uh, Ime Udoka, Udoka, mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, it's like it's, yeah, <laughs> people were calling yeah. for his head like the first half of the season. Like, yeah. dude, he's a first year coach. Like, calm down. Yeah, like he's I been mean, he's been around really good teams too. It's like, just give him a chance. Yeah, like people do. That's one thing. People like gave up on others so fast. Like, like it's insane. But like, 
um it's really it's nice to see how like they all bought in and now like they're reaping the benefits of like actually sticking together as a team and it's not like all uh hero ball like they were remember huh what do you say Remember they were like they were throwing shots at each other like in the in the post game. Oh time? yeah, oh, Marcus yeah. Smart called like an all players meeting at the beginning of the year. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, one of the like interviews he was saying like yeah, there's only like there's there's like some guys on this team that like like only try to like chuck everything up or something like that and like you know what I mean? I, I forgot the direct quote was, but this yeah, might be like one of the best like mid season turnarounds I've ever seen. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Yeah, right. yeah. So because they were below five hundred earlier in the year, like tenth seed, like them and the Hawks were like neck and neck for a while. Right. Yeah, and now what is it? They're, They're one and a half right goes back. They're only two and a half yeah. back from second. One and a half, yeah. Oh, it's one just, and a half. Re- yeah, so it's it's a really great turnaround. They're they're heating up at the right time, well, which is now. So like right month, about a month, uh, a month before the playoffs. So like they just got to keep par right now. Like they just got to keep going. But it's it's really refreshing to see how like they've actually just like saved their course and not like, you know, completely like make the situation worse as it was like in the beginning of the season. No, that's facts. Um, uh, actually two things I wanted to ask you guys, or one thing I wanted to ask. Um, so how does a, a half a game work? Is that like you win a game and then you win the halftime? You're leading at halftime? What? No, half is a, what? Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm, like, I'm, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just going to say that, that correlates with your like, I guess, like the loss and stuff, right? Because I never understood. Like, yeah, it's just like loss. some teams played one, played one more or one less game than other teams. Yeah, oh, so it's just, that. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like losses too. I think. Uh, I mean, I was, gonna, uh, but yeah. um, another quick tangent I want to talk about. Speaking of Atlanta, because I feel like there was like that 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 two week three week stretch where they looked like they were trying to turn around, but I mean they're kind of back to their inconsistent ways, and they're still what. Uh, Nine seed, right? Ten seed. Right now they're tenth, I believe. Tenth, right? Yeah, I know they're like in that range. Them and Charlotte are like, I think they might be tied for ninth or something like that. Yeah, something like that, bro. But like, yeah, it's kind of disappointing to see because I, I thought they were gonna start to turn around, you know, kind of flip the page. I honestly, I thought they, they were gonna, you know, flip the script, you know, before Boston did. That's what I thought. You know what I mean? But um, just seeing them consistently you know, continue to kind of play a little bit more inconsistent is kind of weird. Um. Because, bro, like, again, I'm not going to call myself a prophet, but I'm just saying, you know, the, the podcast we did with Rich, like, I did see, like, a weird, like, struggle period for them, you know, in the season. But I didn't think it was going to, like, you know, last this long. You know what I mean? I thought right. I thought it's going to be, like, all right, at worst, you know, uh, all-star break, and then, like, you know, Trey's going to, you know, I guess do his thing. And then uh, the guys they signed last year would kind of find that playoff groove again. And, they you know, they started to get more competitive and, you know, Clint could, you know, wake up from whatever he's in right now. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it sucks to see, honestly. But, um, I mean, I guess the way it is right now, they'll probably be playing team. And uh, depending on what their matchup's going to be, it's going to be interesting. But uh, I just want to talk about that real quick. Cause I, I feel, again, because, like, there was, like, that two-week stretch where it was like, all right, you know, maybe they're, you know, getting their mojo back. But now it's more like, all right, never mind. They they kind of lost a little bit. You know, they, they It's lost. so weird because, like, when you're watching the games and, like, if you look at the box scores, like all all their guys are playing well. Like I watched, I've watched a lot of Hawks the last like couple weeks actually, just because like conveniently they've been on when other games aren't. But you know, Trey's always going to do his thing. He's still playing really well offensively. And then uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich has actually played really good since the All Star break. He's been doing his thing as like a, a secondary playmaker, and he's hitting his shots. 
Uh, DeAndre Hunter's been, like, clamping the other team's best player a lot of the games they've been in. But, like, uh, they, they've been up big some games, and then all of a sudden I, I'll, like, I'll look away for a few seconds to watch another game, and then I'll look back, and they're, like, it's like a tie game. I'm like, dude, what is happening? Like, they just have these lapses during the games where they just break down defensively. Like, I don't know if it's all on Capella, but I feel like that's a big part of it because he was kind of doing his thing last year as, like, like a – and it's like a, a, a really good paint protector. Like just anytime someone would, would get past one of the bad like perimeter defenders, he would just be right there to clean it up. But this year it's not been a lot of that. I feel like he's getting killed in the pick and roll a lot more than he did before too. It's just, I don't know. It's just weird. Just like one year. That's such a huge drop off. Uh, yeah. And that's one thing too. It's just like, bro, it's like at the very least, like obviously we know how, how much of a crazy force he is on, on rebounding, like at least do that. Try to replicate that. I feel like it hasn't been the same really. I feel like he's getting, he's getting beat to the spots and he's getting his, his box outs, box outs haven't been as good. And like you said, like, I remember you saying last year, it's like, yeah, he has like that, like that, like that discount, uh, I guess like Gobert type role. And it's like this year, he's just like, he's just there. You know what I mean? Like you can't, like, I know he had the injury at the beginning of the season, but you know, I feel like this kind of, I feel like it kind of started before then too a little bit. Right. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but I mean the Hawks. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at, I'm trying to look at their remaining schedule. Like, cause they are, they are in the playing, uh, playing slots right now. Let's see, they have. Let's see this next this upcoming week they have Indiana, Portland, Charlotte, Memphis, and then New Orleans, which isn't too bad. I feel like that's definitely a, like a, a little stretch where they could try to, you know, find a groove. Yeah, after that, it's it's New York, Detroit. And then, like, I, I'd say, like, they the biggest teams are, like, the best teams they really have to worry about is Golden State. And then they have Brooklyn, Cleveland, Toronto, Miami. Other than that, like, those all seem like winnable games, like a big stretch of them. So, like. That, that Minnesota game might be tough, too. I mean, we'll talk about them later. I think I don't know if we're talking about them next, but no, no, that's a, that's a good point. Though. Wait, what's their strength of schedule? Like, is there a ranking for that? Uh, I can't there is. I can strength of schedule. Uh, so number one is the Lakers. Of course, it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're talking about uh, who? Atlanta. Oh, they're 29th. So they're okay. Second easiest. Yeah. So hopefully. They could, you know, pull at Boston and, and try to, you know, recapture something. I know Rich is down tremendous, down, down ostentatiously, down artistic, yeah. down artistically. I feel um, like they're they're definitely a lot for the play in at the very least. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. If, they, if they pull out of that, I don't that's know. A, bro, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you can't I, like, I, think, I think they. I still I think, think like yeah, yeah. You I, I definitely have them over Charlotte still probably, and yeah. You know, I feel like them in Toronto. I feel like they could give Toronto a run for their money if they were if they're like playing their best. Yeah, but at the same time, for our sake, I hope Toronto makes. It I feel like, bro, I, I'm I'm telling you right now, if we play Toronto first round, we can guarantee get past them. I'm just saying, I feel like we guarantee we get past them. Like I'm just saying for that. Everyone else, probably not. Miami, well, as it as it stands right now, if the playoffs were to start today, it would be Cavs versus Sixers. Well, that's oh, pretty interesting. Hey. <laughs> that was pretty interesting. I just got to start We're, right We're copping our tickets. Right. Oh, and the Cavs favorite? Yeah, no, that's crazy. <laughs> It'd be Cavs, Sixers, uh, Bulls, Celtics, Bucks. And assuming that's Nets, eight seed, and Raptors, seven seed, it'd be Bucks, Raptors, and Heat, Nets. 
Nash would be sexy. Bucks Raptors would be interesting. I obviously don't know how it's gonna end. I mean, we all know every every first round series in the East is gonna be really good. Yeah. Yeah. No matter who makes it either. Bro, I'm just looking, I'm just yeah. looking, I'm just hyped because the last time I saw like playoff banners go up, that was like what like I remember the first time seeing the banners go up was like eighth grade or whatever. So I was like, oh that's cool, but it's like LeBron, like a bunch of LeBron pictures and all that. I was like, all right, whatever. But seeing bro, seeing the banners this year with like our guy, bro, like <laughs> be tough Wait, do they have they have that really? Playoff banners? Yeah, they have it outside like the, the arena and stuff. I remember, like, at least they did that for like LeBron years. I'm, not, I'm assuming they're gonna do it again for this year. Um hmm. I mean, hopefully Sherman Williams hooks us up again, uh, like a Darius Garland picture or something like that. But, I mean, again, like I said, this year's kind of Mickey Mouse because we don't have a uh, sex coat and uh, injured LeVert and injured Rubio, so whatever ratio. Um, I guess while we're still talking about the East, uh, Christy, you had something you wanted to go off your chest about the Heat. Oh, yeah. I mean, all right. So, so basically what I want to say about the Heat is uh, – all right, look, I, obviously, yes, I, I, there's still obviously conference finals – uh, caliber player, I mean, caliber player, caliber team. Um, you know, if they play it right, they probably make it to the finals. But I'm just saying, right? Um, at least against us, right? Because based on what I saw yesterday, okay, well, all right, so let me do a quick, like a quick forward. I feel like because it was us and it's like low key similar to Milwaukee. Um, or like the way we play is like low key similar to Milwaukee, like lengthwise and all of that, and the disruptiveness factor. I think Milwaukee can easily clear Miami. That's me, in my opinion, right? But what I'm saying with yesterday is like when we were playing, you know, that game uh, versus Miami yesterday. Um, a obviously, yeah, we lost, right? We we lost by a lot. But the the main thing is like we didn't even have Jarrett yesterday. And we were disrupting a lot of things we were trying to do on offense, right? Like, we were, like, disrupting a lot of things that – I remember Duncan was trying to do. It's funny. Every single time Duncan plays us, like, he struggles. That's one thing, right? Like, he's never getting a shot off. Like, we're always beating him on the on the off-ball curl screens, all of that, right? We're clogging up the passing lanes. Um, I think Miami turned it over, like, six times or whatever. I think, um, like – I think, yeah, six times in the first um, with, like, two minutes left or something like that. Like, we were disrupting a lot of things they wanted to do. We were clamping up pretty easily. Again, that's with no Jarrett, um, with, with uh, you know, Evan playing the five, which is still not a strong suit. Um, you know, Lowry's Arthur, he's guarding uh, Jimmy on the ball, and he was actually doing a really good job on Jimmy, you know, while he was guarding him on the ball. And they had to run plays to get Lowry off him, which I never thought I'd be saying that, but they, they had, you know, J- uh, Darius switch on him, right? I'm just saying that it's just, it's just stuff like that. And then you also had um, – I thought Isaac played pretty good defense on, on Tyler yesterday, but Tyler still got his shots off. But usually, you know, Isaac plays pretty good on him. I think just in terms of the fact that, like, yo, like, without, you know, half our guys, like, playing, right, we still did a pretty good job of containing them and stopping what they were doing. I thought we just kind of shot, shot ourselves in the foot. Um, and we just played some, like, you know, stupid turnovers and all of that. And I thought, like, I'm just watching the game. And I'm like, bro, I'm just really not scared by this Miami team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, like, they got, like, you know, some scared players. But I'm just not really scared by them, right? And – I think it's like, like I said earlier, it's like, it's like I'm going to apply the same logic to the, to the Milwaukee teams. I feel like, uh, like when the Milwaukee's locked in, we all know how, you know, disruptive, disruptive they can get on, on defense, right? Like how, how good they are in disrupting passing lanes, how good they are, um, you know, avoiding, you know, pin down screens and kind of running guys off and getting guys uncomfortable. And uh, especially, you know, Jimmy Butler's like offensive, you know, slippage, um, 
you could definitely kind of exploit stuff like that, right? And again, just I'm just saying, like, especially considering versus us, like if we play a series against them, obviously, yeah, they're gonna win, right? I'm just saying it's not gonna be an easy 4-0 sweep, it's not gonna be like 20 uh point deficits every game. I feel like yo, like there's just like things I saw about the Miami team that I feel like a team like us and Milwaukee could exploit. But I feel like, yo, if you, I feel like if a Philly would, you know, watch film on them or, or um, if Brooklyn watched film on them and play the defense like they did, you know, in a Philly game, bro, I think, like, I think Miami, like, they have a lot of exploitable weaknesses. And I, I'm just saying, like, like, people haven't really been highlighting it is what my issue is. Like, obviously, yeah, there's still a final team. I feel like they could obviously make the finals. Like, I'm not doubting that. I'm just saying I'm not scared of them. Um, as I would say, like I've seen all the hype and all the terror, I would say, like surrounding. Me. I feel like it's more like, oh my god, like, uh, like Bam's gonna switch one to five, blah blah blah. Like Jimmy's gonna drop everything. Yeah, I'm not denying that, but like, but at the same time, like, bro, I just see a lot of things that you can you know, kind of disrupt. You know, Miami. That's me. That's me. That's how I feel. Like, I, I'm just not scared of them. Is what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean? But, but do, do can they make the finals? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna take that away from them. I still love Jimmy. You know what I mean? I still love what they have. But I'm just saying, like, people are just like, oh my god. Like yeah, oh like why uh, Miami dude so scary, right? Like you know what I mean? I'm just saying, I don't know. That's that's how I feel. I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just like they're they're like I think besides the Suns, of course the Suns when they were fully healthy, they were like the only two teams in the league who have were like top seven in both offense and defense in the league. And you know, there's sometimes where I've noticed when I'm watching the Heat where their offense just like kind of collapses against like certain defenses, like you said, like. Cleveland could play them really well in certain matchups as well as Milwaukee. And I feel like on, on defense, Miami, I feel like one weakness they have is like, although Ben is a really versatile defender, like he's not the biggest of, of guys like at the center position. So if you have a guy like Giannis or like uh, a guy like Jared who can roll to the rim and try to get around him for like some, from some putbacks or some, uh, some, some lobs from Darius, like you can, you can ex- definitely exploit that in some matchups. But the thing is, like, they have so many guys they can just throw at you defensively where they're not going to get tired. They have all these guys on the bench who can come in. If, they, if they're playing an offense a certain way and it's not working out for them, they can play so many different ways, especially with VO back now, and he's looking pretty good in those few games he's played. Right. That's uh, making shots and playing defense. Rolling. He, like, he, had, he had a pretty good – he had a few, like, really good athletic finishes too. So yeah. I'm glad to see that from him. But, yeah, like like you said, Dun- like, Duncan hasn't been nearly as good as he has in the past this season. Uh, but you know, he's, I feel like the people, I feel like in the playoffs, Jimmy is going to take his game to the next level where, you know, he, I feel like this season he's dealt with injuries and a lot of illnesses. So he's not really going as hard offensively as he has in the past. Like, you know, he's still putting up like over 20 points and, you know, getting guys open, but we saw in the, in the playoffs in 2020, especially when they made the finals that, you know, he could take over and really like when he, when he's locked in, he's going to do his thing. So, I feel like he's going to take that next step up in the playoffs and that'll open up more opportunities. We got like Duncan to have more space because, you know, they, they're just expecting it now. Like they've seen the him and Bam two, two man game there. They kind of know how to counter it now better than they did before. Yeah. I, don't know, I, I still feel like Miami's at least like a top three contender in the East this year with Milwaukee and, you know, Philly and Brooklyn. I feel like they're all like in the same realm right now. Yeah. I don't hate that take. I don't hate that. Also take. the addition of like Lowry too, like, they made the finals without – they made the finals in 2020, and now they they also have, like, Lowry, too. Like, it's, like, in the mm-hmm. playoffs especially, I feel like that'll be – that'll be crucial and, like, highlighted as well. And they also have, like – they also have a lot of, like, you know, like, 
the role players who do the, the dirty work and stuff like that, like PJ Tucker and everyone. So mm-hmm. I feel like that'll go a long way. I love I, what they're doing with PJ Tucker this year. Like everyone just kind of saw him as like a, a guy you can throw on anybody on defense and then like just have him stand in the corner on offense. But, you know, they're running a lot of like actions for him on offense too now where like he's setting screens and, you know, finding cutters on the pass in the post and everything like that. He's getting some like pretty open like post looks from like him and Duncan have been pretty good together too. I've noticed the past few games finding each other off of like different screen actions. But and yeah, Hero like off the bench. Mm-hmm, Tyler Hero has been amazing. Uh, definitely, I feel like he has a six man of the year locked up. But uh, what's yeah. it called? What was I just about to say? Oh yeah, Kyle Lowry. Like, although he's not like doing what he's done in the past, like scoring the ball. Yeah, but but. You could just see on the court, like, his leadership on both sides, just, like, uh, telling guys where they need to be and getting get, getting guys the ball. Dude, his – when he when he inbounds the ball, like, just he'll, – he'll, he'll get the ball off an inbound, and then if there's someone cutting to the paint, he'll just throw it right where it needs to be, like, on a fast break. I feel like he's really good in, their, in that situation, too. Yeah. Like, Kyle Lowry just adds another element to their offense that they didn't have in the past. Yeah, and I was going to say yeah. that, too, because I feel like uh... – uh, I think people are probably expecting a little bit more, like, stats-wise, you know what I mean? But you can definitely see, like, the influence he has on the court, you know, when he's out there. Um, yesterday, he got into a bit of, like, a foul trouble, and, like, that kind of, like, you know, messed up his mojo a little bit yesterday. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting what he could do in the playoffs, too. Um, also, one thing I wanted to say, too, because I didn't even know about this until I was watching the broadcast yesterday. I was watching the Heat broadcast, and um, uh, Miami's rebounding recently has been pretty bad. Um, and I think – it's kind of weird because I think it, it just looks like, I mean, especially watching the game yesterday, it was literally like PJ Tucker was the only one trying on the boards. You know what I mean? And then like, he had like 14 the other day. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. And like, I feel like that's just him. And then like, bam, not really. And then like Dwayne Dedman's occasionally trying to do it, but then half the time he's trying to box out, but then he gets called for a, a loose ball foul and all that. And I feel like that's, that's something they got to control too, especially again in the, in the, in the playoffs where every possession matters. Um, hopefully, you know, they can kind of address that uh, going into the postseason. Um, but we're going to be talking about Miami right now. Uh, so let's talk about another team whose city starts with an M, which is Minnesota. What a transition. What a transition. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know how I'd do it, honestly. First, I got to do better. But, uh, um, but um, yeah, I think the Wolves, um, dude, like, they've been crazy. Um, what are they on, a seven-game win streak or something like that? They, lost they, just last lost, they just lost to Orlando last night. Orlando last night, yeah. Um, but they're playing Miami tonight. Actually, I think that's pretty funny. But um, yeah. uh, but what's it called? I think they're, they've got they're like seven and two since the break. I think. Yeah, that, that that's insane. You know what I mean? That, and that, they have one of the best point differentials since then, too. Yeah, exactly. They have twelve point six point differential. Um, and they have the second best offense, the fourth best defense, which I didn't know about the defense part. But other offense have been crazy. But um, yeah, dude. I mean, you know, major props to I guess Chris Finch and and uh, and Cat and. And D'Lo, and, and again, I think, like, Edwards is definitely up for discussion because I think last year uh, people started to write him off. Um, we called Anthony Edwards um, Aaron Joseph Jr. because uh, he was like, yeah, I like football more, I think, at the time of the draft, I think. But um, I think, Bo, like, the leap that he's taken this year, um, his three-point shooting is insane. Uh, his footwork, he, he's just working on his bag. You can see it, you know what I mean? Like, he mm-hmm. improved a lot. And especially on defense too, and and I think just overall, it looks like he grew a couple of inches over the summer as well. So, um, dude, like again, major props to the to the to the Wolves because I think we all saw the you know the Jimmy Butler, uh, you know the team, and then we were like, okay, no, that's great. But then he left immediately after, and then we were like, all right, they're back to being mid, um, and just being just overall just just ass, you know what I mean? 
but now mm-hmm. they're kind of, you know, uh, I guess regaining footing and they're making a push now. And then they're actually a team that's commanding a lot of respect. Uh, their their five man lineup, I think, has been like a like a pretty high like in terms of all time ratings. I think, and again, like yeah, second in offense right now. So it's like again, major props to the Wolves, and I think just seeing something like that is uh, just, just you know very impressive to see. Cat, uh, he's from New Jersey, so we don't like that. But again, props for him to uh, holding it down. And again, just just again, I think last year, you know, we were criticizing the whole like you know the D-Lo trade. We we're like, oh, they're just trying to like team up because they're friends, but they're not going to do anything for the team. But again, the fact they made it work and they, you know, they've brought, you know, everything in. Um, and, you know, you got guys like, you know, Jerry uh, Vanderbilt um, and, you know, like Noel. And again, even guys like Nas, Nas Reed off the bench, like serviceable, you know, center minutes. Like, again, just major props. And I'm happy, I guess, that, you know, the uh, Timberwolves are doing what they're doing. Yeah. One thing I've noticed too lately with Towns is that, you know, earlier in the season, although they were still playing really well as a team, but lately, on offense, I feel like he's been attacking the paint a lot more and using his size to his advantage because he definitely has the strength and the the skill to, to you know, dominate the post and to, to drive on other bigger centers to draw contact. And I feel like definitely uh, lately he's been doing that a lot more. Like he's taking less threes, he's still making them at a good clip, but, you know, he's, he's been using his, uh, his, his other skills to his advantage now. And I think part of that is because Edwards has been out, you know, if, you know I feel like they were trying to have Town spot up a lot more to give Edwards room to drive, especially with Vanderbilt out there with them for the defense, and he doesn't really space the ball much. much. But, uh, yeah, I've, Towns has been really good lately. Edwards just came back, and they've been they've still been winning. So, you know, I feel like they're trying they're starting to figure everything out and put their team together. Um, Patrick Beverly has been really good for them too. Like D'Angelo Russell has said that uh, uh, he owes a lot of like his uh, success this year to Patrick Beverly because he's like, you know, kind of showing him what to do on the defensive end. Uh, you can definitely tell D'Lo has become a much smarter player on both ends this year too. Like I've kind of, my, my opinion on him has kind of changed like dr- dramatically this year. Yeah, no, no I'm I so glad. Yeah. People, I just, I remember some people writing him off, especially after the, the whole, like just going back to like, like the, like the young Lakers days and he's on the nets and then he came to, um, Minnesota, like in the beginning, at least, like obviously, like some of it was like warranted. Like he wasn't, you know, showing his full potential. But now it's it's pretty nice to see that he's living up to the hype finally. Yeah, and um, yeah. One one criticism I have though is that, like I was saying before, like how they had Town spotting up. Like a lot of times this season, him and Edwards, they both been having spectacular seasons, but they never they never seem to go off at the same time. I feel like. I feel like they kind of try to, for the playoffs at least, if they want to find some success there, they got to, like, figure out a way to get those two to, you know, play better together when they're on the court. Because, I, I don't know, there will be some games where, like, Edwards has 40 and then Towns has, like, 18 or something like that. And then there will be other games where Towns has, like, 35 and Edwards has, like, 15. I don't know. I feel like they just never, like, simultaneously have really good games. So I feel like they, they got to try to figure out a way to get them both going at the same time in the same uh, lineups. Yeah, no, that's true. But I mean, but at the same time, bro, seeing these offensive numbers, like you gotta wonder, like, yo, like, you know what I mean? Uh, I guess they could probably do something right, I guess, you know what I mean? But um, but yeah, no, nah, I think yeah, the wolves. Um, I think wait, I think was it last episode or the episode before that? Or I think I think it was the episode before that, um, we were saying like, oh, what what team's gonna take that leap in the second half, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I picked the wolves, right? But if I'm not mistaken, I don't know. I don't know about the tape, but uh 
But uh, yeah, man, I'm just happy that uh, my predictions come to fruition. But I mean, at the same time, it's not really like a, not like a, you know, a crazy take. I think you can kind of see that coming too. But um, um, I guess yeah, moving happy on. Happy for their fans, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Happy for the fans for sure, bro. Imagine imagine waking up in like negative ten degree weather and then your basketball team's ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then having to watch the Vikings. Oh, whoa, it's, uh, it's not the fourth down converters. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, what are we doing? All right. Anyway. I was just trying to get Aaron woken up a little bit. <laughs> All right, Aaron, hopefully you're with us now. Are you awake? Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, I am. I've been listening. <laughs> but um, I guess, um, you know, while we're talking about that episode where we talked about, you know, what team's going to make that leap, um, I believe we also talked about the Sacramento Kings in that episode, and that is a take that I did miss on um, because, unfortunately, ratio, however, L, um, because in the 12 games that they have – the 12 games they played after uh, acquiring Sabonis – um, the Kings were four and eight, and obviously that's not the result that they wanted to to see. Um, that was obviously a win now move uh, to kind of pair him with Dean uh, D'Angelo, De'Aaron Fox. And um, uh, listen, okay, I've said this before, right? I'm just saying you could have gotten uh, Demontis without giving up Tyrese, right? That's that's what I said before, right? Um, but you know it happened the way it did. Right. Um, so we're, if, if we're talking about the, the roster as it is right now and being like, obviously, look, like, did they mess up? No. Right. And here's why I think this is because. You could you could see like what they're trying to do. Right. You could see some semblance of, of like at least like a viable offense, I guess you could see like. They're not like so it's like, OK, so. If if Sacramento went out and did that trade, and then they also traded for like, like a bunch of other filler pieces, like a Bogdanovich back, or you know what I mean, something like that. They did like a couple of like crazy moves, to kind of fill up the rest of the spots, and then they're just they're still struggling. Like, all right, fine, yeah, yeah, all right, like it might be a failure, right? But I feel like what they wanted to see with this trade was like, all right, look, we have De'Aaron, we have Sabonis, you know, we have guys off the bench like you know, uh, um, what's his face, like Mitchell, right? Um, we have the Me Too movement. <laughs> we have, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, uh, Harrison Barnes, who's been, you know, playing pretty good with the, with the Kings. It's like, all right, I felt they just wanted to evaluate where they were at. Obviously, they wanted to make more of a push, but I'm not going to say it's a complete failure because I feel like they still have time in the offseason to kind of be like, all right, um, you know, this is what we got to address. Um, and even watching that, uh, that, that Kings-Denver uh, game, it's just like, all right, like down the stretch, it's just like, I feel like, uh, you know, coaching could definitely about to be a little better. I like Alvin Gentry, but I feel like there's like definitely, uh, you know, some plays where I feel like they've just been milking the, the the shot clock a little bit too much. They didn't have Sabonis that game. So obviously who knows if they were one, but um, I think it's just like a matter of like an evaluation period for them. Um, Cause I think they didn't really want, they knew they were not, they were, they were not going to make the playoffs at all in general. Right. I think they didn't, they didn't expect that for sure, but I think it's more so like, all right, yo, like where do we stand right now? What can we address in the in the offseason? And then, like, let's just see if we can make some sort of, like, Mickey Mouse playoff push or not play and push and see what we can do. You know what I mean? That's how I feel. But uh, I'm not going to say it's a complete failure of an experiment. I still have some sort of, like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to give up. Like, even though, again, you could have gotten some bonus in a different way, but I'm not going to be like, yo, it's not, like, it's not, like, terrible. I think they shouldn't – they're not going to give up. Obviously, they're not. But I'm just saying they, they shouldn't have – any cause for being like, oh, like, all right, you know what, we messed up. It's time to blow it up, blow it up. You know what I mean? But 
I don't know. I also don't think it's a complete failure yet as of right now. Like, I know when the trade first happened, I was extremely disappointed with them, and I still think that it – I still think they should have kept Tyrese Halliburton, especially after, like, the rest of the league and front offices were all, like, shocked by it, and they didn't even know he was available apparently. But they probably could have gotten more for if they wanted to. Exactly. But – you know, Sabonis has definitely, like, you know, the offense is a lot more efficient than it was before. Um, he's definitely maximized De'Aaron Fox, who was having a down season for his standards before uh, Sabonis came in. You know, Fox is getting to the rim with with a lot more ease than he was earlier. And even though there's not, like, there's there's more spacing than there was before, they're still not hitting a lot of threes, but they're just hitting more. They're just hitting them at a better clip than they were, like I said in the last episode, I think. But, yeah, like – the offense is there, but it's just the defense that they need. Like, like you said, like I like Gentry as a coach. He's had some success in the past, especially with those Pelicans teams. Like, but he's always been like a more offensive minded coach. Like he brings the best out of an offense. Uh, he like he's really good at like establishing a pace. I feel like, yeah. especially that like Drew, like he he got he made the best out of like a team with Julius Randle and Anthony Davis in the front court. Right, like that was weird. <laughs> that was a weird fit, but he he made it work. So I like legend front court. Right, so I feel like maybe maybe, yes, maybe not even like firing Gentry, like maybe still keeping him there, but like just getting his, like a more defensive-minded staff around him or something like that. Like that, I don't know. They need this team definitely needs like some defensive fundamentals, like in just putting their heads. Like they they just have the past however many years they've always been one of the bottom defenses. So I feel like that's definitely got to be a focus for the front office. I feel like I feel like a Nance type acquisition would be nice for them. if it can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he would be pretty nice for this team. Like someone like him, yeah. Vanderbilt, or something like that. You know what I mean? But for sure, they just need they just need something down low. Like they don't have any interior defense whatsoever. Yeah. And uh, what's the, what was the best thing? Like I know with the way Tyrese is playing in Indiana, I know they're not winning games. Of course, that's not really what they're trying to do anyway. But you know, with the way Tyrese has looked in Indiana, he's he's looking spectacular there. So it's like, I know it doesn't look good for the Kings, and I still think that you know they they could have gone about the trade in a different way, but I could see why they did it at the same time. Yeah. And I think that, you know, going forward, especially next season, I think next season they're going to be, have, like, there's a lot of pretty good, um, you know, um, like role player free agents this offseason. There's not really many big names, so I feel like they could have a better chance to, like, you know, splash on some of them in this offseason and build a more competent team around Fox and Sabonis to let them have a chance next year. Well, I, feel like a, I feel like a holiday Mitchell is, like, a great way to sort it off, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, Davion's yeah. actually looked pretty good recently, too. Exactly, right. And what were you about to say? About to call them frauds or something? Oh, huh? About to call the, the kings of frauds? Oh no, I mean I'm, I'm too. I'm happy that they're struggling. Me personally, but uh, <laughs> don't don't question it. It's just it's just always been a thing. But like, yeah, like I I agree. It's like it's too early to like actually like, like obviously if you look at it right now, you would say if if you were asked if it is right now, was it a failure or was it a success? You would say it's a failure, but not total failure because it's still only 12 games and you still have like at least next year, like in this off season to see what they do. Right. Uh, you know, like if they can actually like build a, a better roster all around, like as for the, as for this year, like to make a play and push, like, dude, I was looking at their next five games and it might be like the worst five game stretch. Like I've, you could actually imagine it's, it's Utah, Chicago, Milwaukee, Boston, Phoenix. Oh, that is the worst five game stretch like you could possibly have. So, I mean, do they have I their pick this year? Them? Yeah, they're the, they yeah. they're projected to have number six right now. 
Okay. At it. All right, good, good. I was about to say. And they're projected to take a shooting guard. I don't want to make any sense, but uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I still got I still got to look into draft prospects. I, I, I haven't done I haven't done too much this year so far. We can look, yeah. Like we, I, I I just know that I just know that the number one was like Shet Shet Holmgren. Yeah. From, uh, a lot of people have Jabari Smith number one right now from Auburn. He's right now, looking like, at I, it, he's he's one guy I actually did watch. I saw uh, at his it. game the other day. He's looked really good. I'm looking at it. It's kind of interesting. Unless Christian Wood has somehow moved to power forward, they have Shet Holmgren going number one to the Rockets. Which uh, I mean, I guess. Yeah. Holmgren, yeah. I think and then I Jabari think Smith, like power forward, small forward, same bull or something. Yeah. He's like so, a. He's like a really skilled center. Like he's he's pretty he's pretty uh he's not like lanky, but like he doesn't really have too much muscle, similar to like Mobley, I guess, in that sense. But that's funny. I don't know. I, I feel like he's kind of similar to Mobley coming out of college. It's pretty funny because I'm looking at this like there's a mock draft here, and this the uh, this mock draft has uh, the Nuggets taking Nikola Jovic too. Uh, Jovic. <laughs> yeah, Nikola Jovic, Nikola Jokic. But yeah, I mean, we could definitely like this, is like an off-season topic or like yeah. close to that. But like, especially with uh, March Madness coming too. That's why I watch my most college basketball. Yeah, let's go, let's go Auburn. But no, Auburn, I'd set up I gotta time. see. Like, uh, yeah, I gotta. I, they're they're projected to be a top seed this year. I don't know if they're number one, but I think they're like top two or three. I don't really, I don't really know. I, I know like the tops, like some top seeds are like Baylor and like. Like stuff like that. I, I don't really know too much else, but like, I know like it's gonna be pretty. It's gonna be pretty crazy. Obviously, March Madness is always crazy, but mm-hmm. we're gonna see how it is. Uh, good question. <laughs> I, I'm not uh, there anywhere this year. I'm just saying, if I yeah. walk on next fall, it's gonna be over. Well, uh, I mean, we'll see how Temple is. I don't think they'll actually. I think they're in like in some small tournament. I don't know what it is, but it said that's it. Uh. I think that's in Madison Square Garden again. Oh, really? So I think, yeah. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I was thinking that. Like, the, like that Barclays Center game that we're supposed to go to? Uh, like Bar- two- yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's over there somewhere. It's some small tournament with like big teams, but like I don't know where it is. Interesting. But, I was going to say it's the Mickey Mouse tournament or something like that, but never mind. Yeah. I guess for our final yeah. topic of the day, uh, moving on to one team that did capitalize on their two draft picks in the first round last year. Hold on, hold on. No, see, that's not a good enough transition. You got to say the team that's also wears blue and golden, like Drexel. <laughs> golden State, there you go. Oh, yeah. The Golden State Warriors, who I think they're three and seven in their last ten. You know, they've been struggling a bit recently for sure. I'm here yeah. for this Warriors downfall. <laughs> but, you know, I – they haven't had Draymond for the past month. He's supposed to be back on Monday, I think. But uh, especially in this recent stretch, Wiggins has been pretty atrocious offensively. He's had the looks, but he just hasn't been hitting the threes. Or he had, they don't really they haven't really been giving him the ball too much to do his own thing either. So like he's been kind of just out there on offense. Like he's still doing his thing defensively. I've noticed, but he's let like forty three percent true shooting since the All Star break, which is atrocious. <laughs> Uh, Jordan Poole has looked really good, though, recently. He's putting up 19 on 53, 47, 94 splits. I actually just picked him up in fantasy a couple days ago, and he's been doing pretty good for me this last week. Wait, even though I'm probably not going to make the playoffs. But, uh, our league? But, yeah, they've been on, like, kind of uh, – so. they've been on a bad run recently. They're I think Memphis just passed them. They're half a game ahead of them now for the two seed. 
But, uh, you know, Steph's been playing a lot better. Like, they, he had that one stretch where he was just, like, he was missing – like, they weren't really losing a lot of those games. But, you know, you could tell that something was off with him. But I feel like since the since the break, he's been kind of finding his form again. He's been looking pretty good. But, you know, the I feel like Draymond's just, like, that, that glue guy for them, like, obviously. But just – I don't know. They just – everyone else is responsible for so much more than they're used to. I've really loved how Kevon Looney's played for them, though. He's he's playing a lot of minutes. He looks like an old man out there, even though he's like 26 or something like that. But yeah, he's playing a lot of minutes, a lot more minutes than he's used to. But he's been doing a good job. Um, he he played really good defense on Jokic that came the other night. I was night. gonna say that, dude. He played great down the stretch on Jokic. Obviously, I think Jokic's a little bit tired from the game before, but he played, bro. He was shutting down Jokic on what he was trying to do, bro. You were right. Yeah, but. Yeah, like I, I like what a lot of their guys are doing, but they just haven't really been able to put it together. You know, Clay's also been kind of he's since returning, he's looked he's looked really rusty. Like yeah, I've noticed yeah. that some teams are like kind of attacking him on defense too, which is like wow, that's yeah. not what you expect from Clay. So I don't know, but Steve Kerr still trusts him. He's playing him a lot of minutes. I feel like maybe there's there, I feel like there's some times where he's just got to he can come out and some other guys who are playing well can step in. Like Poole's playing really well. Uh, Gary Payton, I've liked how Gary Payton's looked this year and I feel like his mids have kind of gone down recently. I know he, I know he missed the last game for something. I don't know what it was, but you know, I feel like he can get some more minutes again because he was playing really well for them. But yeah, I feel like once Draymond comes back, it's gonna look a lot more fluid again in the offense. The defense is still pretty good, yeah. even though like, you know, there's some some guys aren't like like I said, Clay hasn't looked that great, but everyone else is kind of doing their thing on that end still. But I don't know. I feel like you shouldn't write them off yet. They're they're still the Warriors. They still have once they're at full strength. You know they you've seen it the, the whole year. They started off like seventeen three. I I don't think they have anything to worry about. Um, just, he just got to come back. Like Draymond's just, like this is one short thing, Christy. Like, they just got to come back. Yeah. yeah, they just like right now, especially if Draymond comes back and they heat up right before the playoffs. Like this is the best time to like you know heat up at the right time. So as long as they do that, it shouldn't be too concerning. At least like. I don't think they're better than Phoenix. I think like Phoenix is like number one, obviously in the West. Same. So, I mean, I I wouldn't count them out as like you know like second round exits or anything like that. Like I feel like they could make it to the conference finals, and you definitely can never count them out. Like with like that system they have and every like Curry and even though Clay has been like hasn't been himself, which is kind of like understandable with all the injuries come back from. And you can't write them off. So, I think they're still the best bet to beat Phoenix out of anybody else in the West. Yeah, I don't. Hate, yeah, no, I agree with that take. But at the same time, yeah. um, Aaron, what you said, like honestly, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if uh, they get second round exits. I wouldn't be. I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying if it did happen, I'm not gonna be terribly, terribly surprised. That's just me. But that's not even because I'm like biased or anything. Because um, I said this in numerous uh, earlier podcasts this year, like, like the the way that Clay comes back is going to be so important for this Warriors team. Um, and so far, he hasn't looked right, right? And like what Steve yeah. said, was saying earlier, like he hasn't looked right on defense. The difference between me and Clay is, bro. Like after my ACL surgery, I'm back to playing defense. I'm playing great. You know what I mean? I'm, that's me. But you know, Clay's getting attacked. That's I don't know. Uh, listen, I'm like I'm not even getting paid. You know what I mean? But anyway. I mean, to be fair, he's coming off an ACL and an Achilles. Yeah, well, I uh, uh, messed up both knees, so that's like the equivalent. Mm. Um, anyway, but um, but I think the one thing is also it's it's kind of like 
it's kind of it's understandable, right? But I just again never thought I would see it. Is because I think it was the Warriors game that I was watching. Uh, the Warriors game, the Warriors Nuggets game that I was watching, right? And Clay was obviously jacking up a lot of shots, right? And and um, I remember I hopped on the the Warriors subreddit and I was scrolling through the game thread, and I swear there was like a twenty comment stretch where it was like, "Yo, like, what the hell is Clay doing? Take Clay out of the game." Uh, sent him to Santa Cruz just so, like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he regained his rhythm. And everyone was just mad and frustrated. And you could see, like, and, and it's rightfully so, right? Because I feel like there's sometimes, there's, like, some moments where Clay kind of, you know, gets his shot up. Um, and I feel like it kind of, like, stalls the offense out a little bit. And he kind of forces looks. Uh, I actually I understand why he does it. And I remember, I think, in the third quarter, he kind of came alive a little bit, right? But it's just not very consistent enough to the point where you're like, all right, bet, like, you know, do that. It's just like, you know, ever since he got back, it's been like, what, a month and a half now or whatever? When did he come yeah, back? Yeah. Like January, February, something like that, right? Wasn't like uh, January? Some, I think so, yeah. So it was before the All-Star break, you know what I mean? And it's just like, he still hasn't looked right. Um, and again, it just like, he just looks a little bit slower out there. Um, and obviously, Draymond's importance to this team is obviously, we all know how important he is. And I, yes, obviously, when he comes back, I think they'll get back on track a little bit. But I'm just saying, in terms of like, like again, like like Wiggins hasn't been playing like an all star. Like he's been playing like a Mickey Mouse all star actually. Uh, whatever Cavs legends, I'm not going to talk about too much smack. But um, yeah, like he's just kind of been you know just inactive on offense. Like I, I've noticed he's been kind of like standing in the corner. That's crazy. He's been standing in the corner. You know, not really you know doing too much on that end. Jordan Poole has been really great, but and apart from that, like it just hasn't been I guess too much to uh, to talk about really. And I think it kind of is worrying. Because the, the craziest thing is Draymond's obviously up there in age. He's like what? He's he's like what? Like thirty three or something? Thirty four? I'm tripping. No, I think I think he's I think he's younger than Steph. I think he's like thirty two. Thirty two. All right. Something like that. Yeah, but but the, the but the but the main point I wanted to talk about is the fact that he has like a back injury, and those injuries are like the high key like the worst. Because the craziest thing about that is like doctors aren't really even like you know, that, you know, I guess like quote unquote balls deep and like in terms of like how like the back, you know, works and the procedures that, you know, have to do with it. And mm-hmm. um, like, bro, like they like, and that's another thing too. You can't even like throw Draymond back in there. Right. You know what I mean? You have to play him on a minutes restriction. I feel like you can't just be like, yo, Draymond go out there and, you know, guard a guy and then, you know, box out and then take all that beating on your back. Like, bro, you can't do that, especially if you want him in the playoffs. So it's just going to be like, yo, like, Obviously, Curry and Clay, they got to do something, kind of regain their mojo, and they got to do something back. Like, I feel like there's, like, not even 20 games left in the season. So, like, is it kind of concerning? Yeah, I feel like I feel like it kind of is. Um, you know, if it, provided they do find their spark, yeah, they could probably beat Phoenix, you know, in the West. But like Aaron was saying earlier, what I said earlier, like, I wouldn't be – like, I low-key wouldn't be surprised if they kind of flamed out um, by the second round or, you know what I mean, or had, like, a very, like, weak conference final showing. I just wouldn't be surprised because – well, maybe uh, well, Draymond's used to wearing a backpack when he shoots the ball anyway, so maybe that'll be like a little advantage for him when he comes back. Yeah, maybe maybe playing, it's the but... backpack that that actually hurt his back. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> maybe as a freshman, nah, but, backpack that kind of was like, Ooh, you know what I mean? uh, a few weeks ago, I was listening to JJ Reddick's podcast. He had Draymond on, and you know he brought up a really good point where you know some of the fans were saying like they don't really like the looks that Clay's been getting and how he's like trying to create off for himself and take some like weird like off the dribble like contested shots pull-ups and everything like that and Draymond said like yeah Clay's that kind of guy where like he's going to demand his shot regardless of like what the situation is but he said that's why it's important to have like our system that we have in place because like you know guys like me Steph uh, Looney 
like we all know Igadala, like we all know how to how to get him open and what to do and where where like he likes to have the ball at all times and you know like yeah that this year they have a lot of new guys like but they they got acclimated to the system pretty early without clay and now adding him back it's been like a little weird because like you know he's used to how the Warriors played when he was there with him and Steph and Draymond and everything. And now with Draymond out too, it's like there's not there's not as much. Draymond is kind of like their vocal leader on the court. Like we've said a lot today with like Lowry and Aaron Gordon and everything we were talking about. So like Draymond's like that guy for them. And without their vocal leader, you know, it's kind of harder to, you know, orchestrate an offense and get everyone to where they need to be. Right. So I feel like yeah. even if like they don't play him as many minutes, like I feel like at least having him his presence on the court I feel like that's at least going to, like, in those lineups, going to, you know, make them get – I feel like that's going to get better at that point. Yeah, I mean, Aaron, how do you feel about your uh, division rivals that you surprisingly never really explicitly said you hated? But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Kind of has me – I sus- mean, huh? It's low has me sus, bro. I just never heard you say anything about them. Uh I mean, because they're like, that's just like a historical thing. They really didn't like, there's no problem. It's just the Suns. Oh. Like, but well, well, for now, like, obviously, like, I wouldn't really count them out. That's like a given. Like, there, you, there's no reason to fully overreact yet. I think it's because, like, the biggest thing is that Draymond hasn't been there for like a month now. And that's like, he's a big contributor and key to like what, how the team functions and stuff. And getting like, you know, getting uh, Steph open loose and Clay now also like also like Jordan Poole and everyone, so like I, I don't think it's really an issue. Well, I mean it's an issue now, but like I don't think you should be worrying about it too much. So, I mean, I think I think they can make it to the conference finals. That's my prediction. That they are a conference finals team. Obviously, I don't I don't know if they'd make it to the like the finals against like over Phoenix. It depends, like, you know, obviously how the team comes back and meshes together again. But, I mean, I, I don't – I wouldn't overreact. Like, they're obviously – they still have so much talent. You can never count out Steph. And, like, he's going to have those performances in the playoffs. Like, you you can throw any type of defensive strategy against him and he's bound to, like, just break it down. It doesn't matter at some point. So, I'm not – I'm not, like – I wouldn't be too concerned if I'm a Warriors fan, honestly. No, no, that's the one thing, too. I think, uh, you know, like in the Sun series, I would give like a 80% favor to the Suns. 85, probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, what's it called? Um, but like I said, with that being said, you know what I mean? I think, uh, obviously, yeah, Golden State, it's like, yeah, like you can never underestimate like the firepower that they have. I'm just saying the way I'm approaching it now, I'm just saying like, yo, you got – you know, two all-star starters, you know what I mean? Like, not even, like, you know what I mean? Two all-star starters on your team. You got a young guy playing really well in Jordan Poole. You got guys that were playing, you know, well, you still got, you know, key guys like, you know, uh, like Steve said, Kevon Looney and, um, you know, Gary Payton II and all that. I feel like, bro, as long as you still have them and you were doing stuff earlier in the year, like, I, I get it, it's without Draymond now, but I feel like there should be some semblance of competence. It just feels like they just kind of, like, yo, what do we do now? It's like, it's like, a, like a lost, like, kitten or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of weird. It's like, I don't think the fall-off should be that drastic is what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying, like – and, again, I'm not even trying to, like, overblow the, the, the situation. I'm not saying, you know, they're losing by 30 every night. But at the same time, you, you can see that they're kind of 
playing lost out there in certain possessions against certain teams. And it's just kind of weird. Like, I just don't think that should be the case. But that's just what, that's what I feel. But um, Also, real fast, I just want to shout out uh, Kuminga and Moody. They've both been playing really well lately with, like, a bunch of guys being out. I think the last five games, Kuminga's playing up, like, 17 a game. And Moody, he's had some starts recently. He had that one thirty-point game against Denver, like the first game against Denver, not the most recent one. Yeah. When uh, when Steph and everybody else, Steph Wiggins and Clay were all out, he put up thirty, and he was like, I think he had like fifteen in the first. He went like five of five shooting. Like he was he was really going off that game and showing off what he can do. But uh, yeah, it'll be. I'm kind of curious to see if they'll use Kuminga in the playoffs and what they'll do with him. Like I feel like he's definitely earned a spot in rotation, but. Uh, like I don't with the way they play and everything, I don't know if they're gonna be able to use them that much in the playoffs just now. That's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, he's still like a raw rookie, you know what I mean? But but like that's a good point because uh Kamingo is one of my favorite prospects coming in the draft. It's just that I like people were saying we should like you know trade down for him and all of that. And like I would have been down, you know what I mean? I just don't know like how he would have again came to fruition. But like I said at the the draft recap episode, I'm happy the Golden State picked him up. And you're showing like why, you know what I mean? Like you're showing like it's showing why, like, you know, it's good that he ended up there because, like, they're really maximizing it. And, it's, and it, I, I think I've been really kind of surprised by his three-point shot. You know what I mean? I think he shot, like, what, yeah. 22% in the G League or something. But now he's, like, actually, like, he's knocking him down. And, it's over you know, 30, I think. Yeah, right. And it's just like, bro, it's like – and he's only, what, like, 19? He just turned 19? He was, like, one of the youngest players in the draft, I think. It was, like – he was, was like Josh. Yeah. It was, like, Josh Primo and then him, I think, were the two youngest. Yeah, right. So, it's like, bro, like, again – It's crazy, five, bro. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I really like him as a prospect, and I'm like, like, I, bro, I can't wait for his, like, you know, his growth, but, um, yeah. Just real fast before we end the episode, too, um, I just got a notification that says that uh, it's expected, there's optimism that for the Bucks next week, both George Hill and Brooke Lopez could be back for them. Oh, that's, that's, that's big. That's big. We haven't seen Brooke Lopez since, like, the first two or three games of the season, so I think he's also coming also. off a back injury, so it'll be interesting to see how he's brought back in the lineup. Especially with Porter's playing the way he has been. Yeah, no, no, no. I think yeah, George Hill. I'm not going to talk about that brick layer at the free throw line. Uh, <laughs> but whatever. What are you saying here? You said Cruz is back today. Yeah. Oh, he's back today. That's awesome. Uh, I thought he was. Yeah. Against yeah, the Cavs too, right? Yeah, but Levine's out. Uh, Chris Feeder texted. Mm. Uh, he texted you as soon as I got the Bleacher Report notification. And you could have gotten for free. No, but yeah, but uh, but then he texted me that Lowry's out. That should be interesting. I think Kevin Lowe's starting. I think Levert's still out. And I have no idea. I have no idea where the hell Levert is, bro. Why did we trade all these picks for you, Brody? Uh, please come back soon. Uh, you're kind of making me sad. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, but that was the 17th episode, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, it's been an hour since we started streaming. There are currently three viewers. Count it. Oh, my gosh. That might be just us three. I'm not in there, so it's, it can't be us three. Oh, okay. Well, I'm one of them. I'm in it. Huh? I said I'm in it. Okay, so there's one extra person. Whoever that is, you're thorough. Appreciate the love. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you're listening to this uh, in a future date uh, via Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we do appreciate the support. Um, if you have missed the announcement, we will be live 5.30, 6 o'clock-ish um, EST every Saturday. Um, we're going to try to make it more consistent for you guys. But, um, but yeah, man, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, do subscribe, do drop five-star reviews, just show support, you know, re-put it on your st- retweet it on your story, re-show love, whatever good. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. And I, as per usual, I'm signing out. Gentlemen, if you want to say your goodbyes. Have a great Thanks week, everyone. Watching. Enjoy March Madness. Yes.
thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, for your thank you for your support, and we'll see you soon. Yes, sir. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week at the same time. Goodbye. Adios.